Welcome to our weekly 30-minute podcast, The Elephant in the Room, with Bishop Michael Bellamy. Podcasts will cover a variety of topics that are often overlooked, misunderstood, or even controversial from a biblical perspective. We're blessed to have a wonderful team of producers who want to make each episode something that will be enjoyable and informative. In today's episode, we will address the virtuous wife according to Proverbs chapter 31. We will see the vital and indispensable role the woman of excellence has in her family and the community. Today's podcast was produced by Lead Pastor Corey Lyndon Bellamy Sr. I'll be right back with today's episode. In last week's podcast, we discussed the head of the household. If you remember, I said it was God's strategic design from the beginning for Adam to serve as the head of the household. He did not appoint himself. That was God's decision. Adam was alone in the garden without someone who was compatible or would compliment him. And God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. God made him a companion, a woman to be his wife. Adam called her Eve. Eve was taken from his side, and she belonged by his side. As I said in the previous podcast, Eve was not the neck that turned his head any way she pleased. Neither was she to be a doormat to walk on. She wasn't made to be his slave, to be emotionally, psychologically, or physically abused. She was made to be loved, honored, respected, to be treated gently and with dignity as God's masterpiece. She didn't have the luxury to lounge around the garden and have Adam as her manslave. She was there to help him maintain their beautiful garden home and to make it a healthy place for them to raise their family. She wasn't made to venture off in the garden and live independently of him either. God made her to be perfect for Adam. In Proverbs 31, King Lemuel's mother taught him the virtues of an excellent woman who makes the perfect wife She's called a virtuous woman. These traits are not easily found in our liberated, gender-equal, and gender-partening culture. Recently, I watched a documentary on the second wave of feminism in the United States. Friend, I will tell you unequivocally, they were not virtuous women. They were women who were in rebellion against God, their creator, the government. Many of them were against their roles as wives and mothers, their male employers, and their husbands. 
Many of them were interviewed years later, and sadly, it seems, they had not changed their ideology or their rebellion, but they doubled down. In the 1980 satirical movie Nine to Five, starring Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin, and Dolly Parton, they played as three working women living out of their fantasy of getting revenge on their sexist boss by killing the, and I quote, slave-driving chauvinist. The virtuous woman, this woman of excellence, is a rare find, Lemuel's mother said. In fact, she is hard to find. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 22, says, Whosoever findeth a wife, findeth a good thing, and obtaineth favor of the Lord. It is a blessing to find a wife. It is. But it is a greater gift from God to find a virtuous woman for a wife. Proverbs 31.10 says, How hard it is to find the perfect wife. She is worth more than jewels. In the book of Proverbs, there are three types of women. The woman who personifies wisdom, the immoral or seductive woman, and the virtuous woman, also called the perfect wife. For thousands of years, men have been warned to avoid the seductive woman. Let's take a few minutes and read Proverbs chapter 7. Perhaps there is an innocent person, maybe a young man, who has not read it, and it may save him a lot of headache. It's good to know how to identify the three types of women in Proverbs. Let me read that for you. My son, keep my words and lay up my commandments with thee. Keep my commandments and live and my law as the apple of thine eye. Bind them upon thy fingers, write them upon the table of thine heart. Say unto wisdom, thou art my sister, and call understanding my kinswoman, that they may keep thee from the strange woman, from the stranger that flattereth with her words. For at my window of my house I looked through my casement, and beheld among the simple ones, I discerned among the youths a young man void of understanding, passing through the streets near her corner, and he went her way to her house. In the twilight, in the evening, in the black and dark night. And behold, there met him a woman with the attire of an harlot, and subtle of heart. She is loud and stubborn. Her feet abide not in her house. Now is she without, now in the streets, and lieth in wait at every corner. So she caught him, and kissed him, and with an imprudent face said unto him, I have peace offerings with me. This day have I paid my vows. Therefore came I forth to meet thee, diligently to, to, to seek thy face, and I have found thee. 
I deck my bed with coverings of tapestry, with carved works, with flying linen of Egypt. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us take our fill of love until the morning. Let us solace ourselves with loves. For the good man is not at home. He is gone, a long journey. You have taken a bag of money with him and will come home at the appointed day. With her much fair speech, she caused him to yield. With the flattering of her lips, she forced him. He goeth after her straightway, as an ox goeth to the slaughter, or as a fool to the correction of the stocks. Till a dart strike through his liver, as a bird hasteneth to the snare, and knoweth not that it is for his life. Hearken unto me now, therefore, O ye children, and attend to the words of my mouth. Let not thine heart decline to her ways, and go not astray in her paths. For she hath cast down many wounded, yea, many strong men have she slain by her. Her house is the way to hell, going down to the chambers of death. Wow. The seducer is everything. The virtuous woman is not. It is no wonder that men have been warned for thousands of years to stay away from her. Now let's take a close look at the virtuous woman and her rare qualities. She is dependable, trustworthy, and enriches her husband's life. She will never break him emotionally, spiritually, psychologically, or financially. In fact, she is a great asset to her husband and the family. Because of her wisdom, good discretion, good money management skills, he will never go broke. This extraordinary woman is not looking for ways to spend her husband's money. She finds ways to save and invest his hard-earned money. The fortunate man who finds this rare woman does not lose value. His supportive wife adds value to him. Have you seen the television commercial, A Sandwich Isn't a Sandwich Without Miracle Whip? Well, she's the miracle whip of their marriage. She brings the flavor. What she brings to the marriage takes him to the next level. She doesn't cause him harm. She never causes him trouble, but does him good. Her goal is to help him, not to harm him or his reputation in the community. He knows he can freely express himself to her. He can talk to her about anything without being disparaged. That's because she is his greatest supporter. She's not a Delilah. He is comfortable resting his head on her because he knows that she's not going to do him harm. She's a virtuous wife and she is a vested woman and will not seek out his weaknesses to exploit and divulge them to his enemies. You see, friends, she knows his success is their success. 
and his failure is their failure. They are union. They are one. Let's take a minute and talk about their oneness. Jesus said, For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. There's a true story I want to tell you about this oneness of husband and wife. The story of a wife who refused, refused to allow her husband to be destroyed. And her home, in fact. Her husband was in an affair with another woman. He moved his clothes out of their home and went to live with his mistress. The wife decided to go to the mistress's home and to bring her husband back. Now, I don't know how many women would be that bold or courageous. She arrived at the mistress's home and asked if her husband was there, to which the woman replied, yes. The wife asked the woman to, to have him to come to the door. He came to the door in his pajamas. The wife told her, told him, her husband, I need you to come home. And if you come home, I will never mention this ever again. Well, the husband walked away from the door, gathered his clothes together, and returned home with his wife. I was told she never spoke of it again. I can't say definitively she was a virtuous woman, but she certainly was courageous, daring, and willing to fight for her marriage. Her husband is known in the city. Some scholars believe that the virtuous woman's husband was reputable, upstanding, and a wealthy leader in the community. If, if that's true, he spent considerable time at the city gates discussing business affairs with other community leaders. How was he able to do that? Because he had a wife who was taking care of the family and also the family business. The excellence of his wife made him a respectable person in the community. Have you ever heard the saying, your wife will make you or break you? It's up to you. Well, the virtuous woman loves her husband, and the last thing she wants to do is break him. What does she gain, or how would she benefit from breaking or destroying him? That is the farthest thing from her mind. This is Bishop Michael Bellamy. I hope you're enjoying our podcast and will subscribe to our Facebook page. You'll find our weekly 30-minute podcast on many of your favorite platforms. Will you please tell your family and friends to listen as well? Now let's talk about a woman of wisdom who may have been virtuous as well. I love the story of Nabal and Abigail. It's found in 1 Samuel chapter 25. Abigail was married to Nabal, and she was wise and beautiful. Unfortunately, her wealthy husband was a fool. That's what the Bible says about him. He was mean and cruel. He lacked social grace. David desired Nabal 
to share some of his bread and water with him and his 600 men. Nabal was rude, inhospitable, and disrespectful. David became very angry and took 400 of his trained men to go kill Nabal and all the men of his family. Sir, it pays to have a woman of wisdom who loves you and fears God by your side. I'll tell you why. When Abigail heard what her foolish husband did, she immediately gathered enough food and water to feed David's 600 men. Her actions saved their lives. She was willing to take the blame for her husband's ignorance. And when she met up with David, she asked him to forgive her for something that wasn't her fault. What an amazing woman. I don't think there are too many women or wives that would do that. But her quick thinking and actions saved her husband's life and all of the men that were with him. The perfect wife doesn't use her husband's weaknesses, his ignorance or foolishness and vulnerabilities to embarrass or discredit him. She has his back and looks out for his best interest even when he doesn't. We see that very clearly with Nabal and Abigail. I know many wives don't have the perfect husband. Ask Marie, she'll tell you she doesn't. Some weary and frustrated wife may ask, why should I be the virtuous, excellent, or perfect wife to an imperfect, flawed, foolish, arrogant, narcissistic, broke, and stubborn man? Well, I'm glad you asked. You should strive for excellence because you are a woman of dignity. Because you love yourself, your family, and most importantly, you love God. You should want to be a virtuous woman because it helps to make, mold, and develop a growing and developing man into a successful and respected man. Now, if I can, I'd like to be transparent with you, even a little vulnerable without doing too much more damage to myself. In 1979, when Marie and I married, I was clueless. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I, I was clueless. She was 18 and just graduating out of high school. I was 19, working with my father, taking care of the church's apartment buildings. And along with that, I was very active in ministry. I had no idea or direction for marriage. I just wanted to be with Marie for the rest of my life. Well, that was the extent of my plans. <laughs> well, you know as well as I do, that wasn't good enough. She, on the other hand, had goals and plans for our future. Right out of high school, she was blessed to get a government job working for the Social Security Administration, and she was making more money than me. 
She was all in for the marriage. She was all in for me and our growing family. She compensated 10,000 times for who and what I was not. Now, looking back over those years, was it a struggle? Did we face some of the most difficult times? My friend, you can't imagine, and I'm too embarrassed to tell you. I'll let her write that book. But what I will tell you is, she continued to support me by allowing me to give my time, energy, and to use my gifts in the ministry. I will tell you that she did not publicly disparage me or put me down. She saw the potential that I had. And that was one of the reasons why she told me she married me. <laughs> and in addition to that, I believe that she saw God's plan for our lives. Now, if I may, I need to speak to someone who is in a fight for your marriage and for your family. Can you see God's plan for both of you? Do you see how wonderfully blessed you are despite the difficulties, disappointments, delayed promises, and disasters? Friend, may I encourage you to keep your eyes on the finished line and the finished product? God is not through with your husband, and God is not through with you. I promise you. If you show a little more determination, spend a little extra time in prayer and asking God for direction, and he will direct you, I promise you, it will be worth it all. Marie and I are now able to do ministry full-time together. We're able to travel across the country. We're able to enjoy quality time together, enjoy our children the grandchildren, and our daughters in love. Honestly, I would have never made it without her strength, her fortitude, and her determination for us to succeed. So, sir, if you are blessed with a good woman, she may not be perfect, not yet. Love her. Respect her and cherish her because she's priceless. The husband of the virtuous woman acknowledges her. And I do that quite often with, um, with Marie. I acknowledge what a blessing she is to me, to the family, and to the ministry. She's better than good. The virtuous woman should be acknowledged. She is the best of women, and she excels them all. It's not a problem for a husband to compliment his wife privately and publicly for her contributions to the family, maybe the church and the community. In most families, it is the wife. She is the person who is the glue, maybe the, the duct tape, holding the family together. 
God has gifted her with that extra sense and strength to do what it takes to make things happen. Sometimes she's the only one who can do it. I read an article on the role of women in the family and society, and it states that women constitute 50% of human resources. 50% of human resources. Women are the key to sustainable development and quality of life in the family. May I say that again? Women are the key to sustainable development and quality of life in the family. And may I interject here? I believe I believe that is why Satan attacks women because of the the vital vital role that they have in the family in our churches, and in our community. Satan understands that a man needs a good, virtuous woman to support him. And if he can destroy the women in our culture, in our churches, in our community, not only does he destroy the family, he destroys the man. We see the variety of roles that the woman plays in Proverbs 31. There is very little that she can't do. She's a wife, a manager, an administrator, mother, cook, house cleaner. She does the laundry, does the grocery shopping, child care, and you fill in the rest. She has no time for idleness. She begins her day early and she works late into the night. English poet Gregory Chaucer referenced that idle hands are the devil's tools. The virtuous woman has no time for idle hands or an idle mind. The Proverbs 31 woman made investments for her husband and purchased material and supplies to maintain goods for the family. She searched for, purchased, and handcrafted with wool and flax. She worked like a sea merchant, providing her family with fine foods from afar. These ancient methods were gradually replaced by our flea markets, the community shopping centers, and malls. Well, Today we have electronic technology. We do a Google search and purchase items from across the world. Better than that, we have Amazon. And I have not found a woman or man, and even among some of the young people, I have not found anyone that does not like Amazon. With a command, we can tell Alexia to order food, clothing, even supplies for our family. And within a few hours or at the most in a few days, it's delivered to our, to our doorsteps. Gentlemen, a loving and devoted husband should work like hand in glove in his home with his wife to preserve her health and strength. 
We need our good women. We need to keep our wives healthy. We need to keep them strong in every area. And every minute that we spend with them in the home, it accumulates, allowing her to rest and recuperate. It also gives the husband and the wife that much-needed quality time together. The virtuous wife, she's a businesswoman, and she uses her skills as an entrepreneur. She starts or started crafting for her home. Then her goods were and services are requested by others. She's bringing an income into the family. The COVID pandemic has brought out the best in many people. Dusty sewing machines were put to use making face masks. People left corporate America for work-at-home opportunities. With the income from her serious side job, she saves and invests it wisely. Well, the virtuous woman in Proverbs 31, she purchased and planted a vineyard because she was energetic, strong. She was a hard worker. I try not to use this word, but it keeps coming back to my mind. So let me just um, interject it here. She wasn't a diva. No, she was a hard working woman. Her labor paid off with profits for the family. Now, let me say here, she's not a superwoman. However, she is superb at utilizing all available resources to accomplish her goals. Any married woman knows it's demanding to take care of her family. But a virtuous wife, she cares not only for her family, but she also is concerned about those who are in need you know, you do not have to be rich or have an abundance to do an act of kindness. Mother Viola Bellamy, my mother, she raised 15 children. And there were times that she would hang new and gently use items such as uh, clothing and coats, maybe some lotion and soap and other items. She would put them on the fence um, by the post there and... Um, there were occasions when people who were less fortunate would come by and, and take what they needed. Well, she's not just concerned about herself. She's concerned about others as well. So let me go on the, the record as saying, a virtuous wife is clothed in strength, dignity, wisdom, and kindness. Speaking of clothing... It is not the fancy hairdos or the expensive clothes. It's not the flashy jewelry. It's not the bling bling that makes her beautiful. God adorns the virtuous wife with strength, dignity, wisdom, and kindness. As we have been saying throughout this podcast, she is rare. <laughs> And any man that is blessed to have a virtuous woman to be his perfect wife knows that he has something special. 
In addition to her husband, her children rise up and call her blessed. The Amplified Bible says she is happy, prosperous. She is to be admired. The contemporary English version says that um, we are to show her respect, praise her in public for what she has done. Well, in closing, a virtuous wife is not in competition with her husband to be the head of the household. She compliments, add to, and or perfects her husband. The admiration she receives make her husband more special, recognized, and admired. Just as the Almighty God received glory when he glorified his son, Jesus. And together, they build a family that loves God, love each other, and are productive where they work and play. Well, friends, that's all the time we have for today. I hope you were blessed by today's podcast. Don't forget to join us every week for our 30-minute podcast where we will address the elephant in the room. Today's podcast was produced by Lead Pastor Corey Lyndon Bellamy Sr. Be safe, stay healthy, and God bless.